here. And that lets you save the fuck here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. All right, thanks so much for being here on this edition of the show. I always appreciate your time to come in and see what we have going on throughout the week. Now, today we're talking to Blake Tobin, who's going to tell us a very interesting story about how he helped heal a certain individual I'll mention shortly. Before we get into that, a quick word from our sponsor, MAK Mystic Expressions. Now, this is a Himalayan salt company that specializes in pink salt. They have a number of different products that include salt heat bags, salt cutting boards, salt lamps. And so if all you have to do is head over to makmystic.com to find out more information about their products and how pink salt can improve your lifestyle. Again, that's makmystic.com. As mentioned, we have Blake Tobin coming on to talk about the healing of Jordan Young. Now, this just happens to be his daughter's boyfriend at the time, and Jordan's going to go through a number of different health issues that we'll talk about in the show, and Tobin will talk about how he's able to help heal Jordan. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up on... This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. Today we have Tobin Blake on air with us. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Tobin. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So today we're going to be talking about the healing of Jordan Young. Now this is an incredible story. I'd like to know more about your background before we jump into any details about your story in this book, Tobin. Yeah, well, um, you know, it was interesting when all this occurred. Uh, I really, I didn't regard it um, as as being uh, a, a, just a mere coincidence that I was where I was and this person came to my life at that moment because my background is um, I've been studying meditation for many, many years. I studied through Self-Realization Fellowship and then A Course in Miracles, which is a self-study program, and many other spiritual teachings. Uh, in fact, I had written two books on meditation. Um, the Power of Stillness was my first one, and then Everyday Meditation was a guidebook to meditation to help people learn and uh, approach some of the deeper hurdles to meditating. And I had just released that second book um, when all this came about. Uh, so the the timing was really quite remarkable, and um, like I said, first thing that was on my mind when, um, as we'll get into the story, uh, a young man who I knew, Jordan Young, became sick, was that I'm not here by accident. This is not just a mere coincidence. This is what I thought of as a coincidence. That's when two things or two people come together, and there's some greater design, some greater intelligence behind that intersection. So that's kind of um, how all this unfolded in my life, and this was about four years ago now. Now, coincidence was one of the things I wanted to ask you about because I read it through a portion of your book, and I like, you know, I enjoy that, that type of mindset. Now, can you tell us more about why you don't think, or why everything really happens for a reason? Yeah, well, you know, we live in a world where we we experience things through our senses. We experience things through a very, very narrow perspective. 
um, what we can see, what we can feel, what we can hear. Uh, and we have this tiny little swath of time and space assigned to us that we can, we can experience through our senses. Um, and that's kind of like being on top of the uh, surface of the ocean. If you look at the surface of the ocean, what you're seeing there is really the tip of the iceberg. And there is, most of the ocean lies under, under, under the water. So what we can see on the surface, as vast as it appears, is just a tiny swath of that, what's really there. And everything, all the life that really exists in the ocean is underneath the ocean. And so it is with us. We see this tiny little space, but in truth, there is this magnificent, enormous, um, really um, eternal and infinite space within us that we don't see and don't perceive. And within that is all the intelligence of the universe swirling about and manifesting in so many ways into our lives. And um, so a, a coincidence is when something happens in our lives and we think, oh, that's just, you know, two boats meeting on the surface of the ocean. A coincidence is when there is some intelligence beneath that water, some purpose beneath that water that's rising up into our experience. So it's a, it's, it's a different way of, of seeing things and realizing that there are patterns to, to our lives that we are unaware of. And if we just learn to let those patterns arise in our lives without resistance, magnificent and even, you might say, miraculous things begin to occur. And do you think any kind of event, any kind of meeting, any event, sorry, I guess I said event, any event in your life is, there's a reason for it? Well, certainly the big ones. I mean, if you're sitting there and saying to yourself, this, wow, this is just a weird coincidence, generally speaking, I'd say mm, there's probably more to it. So look a little bit deeper. And, you know, it, it may have nothing to do with what's going to happen in physical time and space, but all of our meetings and all of our connections that cause us to pause and reflect on the weird nature of reality uh, and the weird nature of, uh, say, unreality, as some people describe the world we live in, um, it, it, it causes us to, let's say, reconnect with that deeper source of life and that deeper intelligence. Okay. All right, now let, let's get into some more details about this book. I, I love this story. I can't wait to share it with our audience. Tell us about you know how this came up. I know this was an interesting interesting type of occurrence in your life and i want to share that with our audience here so tell us who jordan young is and how you came to meet him so my um jordan young was dating my daughter Brittany, uh and um, they were high school sweethearts and jordan just sort of popped up into our lives that seemed like out of nowhere you know um even in Brittany's life she said he just kind of seemed to pop up there and he had such a, a life to him that um they started dating and uh you know, by the time Jordan was diagnosed uh, with a aggressive form of lymphoma, um, as it turned out, he had already become a part of our lives. So he had already rooted himself, cells in our family, <clears throat> and um, we really did regard him as a part of our family. In fact, and um, so that's that's how we met. Uh, so he was he was dating my daughter, and we're just going through life. We care about this kid and then suddenly he gets ill. And, you know, it's a weird thing. By this point, like I said, I'd had many, uh, I'd written two books on meditation. I'd been studying mind-body healing and meditation and similar concepts for 
decades, really, since I was a kid, so a um, long, long time. <clears throat> and um, I had gotten to the point in my own journey where I had begun to see the body as really an extension of what I am. And that's not a misperception. That's a truth. You know, it's an extension of what we are. It is not what we are. Um, so I began to realize that my life is not dependent on the life of the body. So I got into this place, and I really had by then no particular interest in metaphysical healing, <clears throat> mind-body healing, that sort of thing. But then life just threw me this curveball. It said, okay, well, you reached this, this realization in your life, but here's a kid who you care about, um, and your daughter cares about, and he's seriously ill. I mean, this is no joke. This is an aggressive cancer, and um, he does think that his life is tied up and dependent on the body. So now what are you going to do about it? Uh, so it really caused me to pause and take um, a new perspective on what it means to be spiritual and yet in a physical body, apparently, temporarily, in this world, which uh, sometimes, you know, we get sick. So what do you do? What do you do? Okay, so tell us more about Jordan's condition before we get into the actual healing. So you found out that Jordan had a very serious uh, disease, and now how, how did you take it upon yourself? You realized the, the medical system w couldn't help him at this point? How did you get in? When did you get in there and start? Right. Well, uh, you know, at first I was just morally supportive, <clears throat> emotionally supportive, um, and I thought, well, the medical community will be able to take care of this. Now, as somebody who's trained in, in mind-body principles, the first thing you fall back on is you say, well, I need to hold positive intentions here for this person. And so, of course, I, I started doing that, visualizing healing happening for him and holding him in my mind when I meditated and, and seeing him healing and that sort of thing. But... Um, and, you know, and I believe in letting the uh, doctors do their job, too. So this is another con uh, important idea that comes up. People say, well, you know, if, if ultimately healing relates back to our emotional body and our mental body, then what about our physical body? Should we avoid doctors and medications and whatnot? And I say, generally speaking, no. For most people, you're going to want to handle both. Um, and certainly Western medicine is very good at treating acute illnesses and serious illnesses, at least on the physical level. The problem is if we don't get deeper uh, and go into the emotional uh, roots of, of diseases, and we can talk about this in more depth as we go along, um, then that, that disease is not going to be cured entirely. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about symptom cure when we're talking about physical cure alone. But, um, you know, ultimately, so I held positive intentions on my end. I said, go see your doctor, do what, do what they're advising you to do, and, which involved chemotherapies. It was too late for radiation therapy. In his case, there was no way to um, incise uh, lymphoma, so you can't remove it from the body directly. Uh, so you're really op your options are limited. And I thought he was going to be okay at first, and we went through this whole process where initially his um, his treatments continuously failed, one after another, and uh, the situation became more and more dire because as 
chemotherapies fail repeatedly, um, it begins, uh, you begin to realize that this disease is going to continuously defeat this particular type of treatment. It isn't as if it's going to suddenly begin working again after it's failed multiple times. So we did reach a point where um, I transitioned from Jordan's going to be okay to um, this thing might actually kill this young man. Uh, and at that moment, you know, where do you turn? For me, it was, it was a simple answer. You turn to spirit. You turn to your source, the source of all true healing. And that's exactly what I did. And that, for me, was when remarkable things started happening uh, in my life. Um, first and foremost was, was I began to receive this material um, that eventually became the book. And so when you were, what, what do you mean when you say you started to receive this material? This material came from an outside source? Well, yeah, I mean, that, so it's a funny thing. And I, I write a lot of spirituality, but I also write fiction. I write all kinds of stuff, um, poetry, etc. And I, so I know a lot about the process of writing in general besides um, teaching spirituality. And one of the most fascinating things to me is uh, writers of all genres have reported this, this same sort of feeling where they, um, some book in their life felt like maybe it existed somewhere out there before they actually put the words down on paper. You know, um, J.R.R. Tolkien said something similar about this in regards to The Lord of the Rings. He felt like this world, Middle Earth, already existed somewhere. And he, he was just uh, taking away the extra parts, you know, um, like, uh, like sculpting. So I kind of felt this way as this material started coming to me, these amazing, um, intuitive, and yet very simple and profound principles of healing. Um, and so it seemed like the moment I turned to spirit uh, and opened up, um, these, these ideas and these thoughts started manifesting into my life. And... Um, you know, my reaction was, uh, um, you know, I just took them to be fascinating, but ultimately so profound that at some point I knew that I was destined to share these with the world. And in the meantime, um, I did all I could to help Jordan, you know, teaching him meditation, visualization, and just holding presence by his bedside as he went through this. So uh, more than anything, I was a witness and uh, a little helper in the process of his healing. But ultimately, it's the patient who chooses to heal um, themselves, and that's the most remarkable thing I think we discovered. That's interesting when you say the patient chooses to heal. Now, on, a, on probably the deepest level we can get into here, would you say on some level the patient chooses to be ill as well? That's a great question, and I think that a lot goes into... Um, illnesses that manifest into our lives, no matter what type of illness we're speaking about. In this case, we're talking about a physical disease that manifested in the body of this young man, but um, it could also be an emotional disease, depression and anxiety and all kinds of behavioral and personality disorders. Um, you know, and there are even circumstantial uh, problems that pop up into our lives that may be related to this, and issues in our, our relationships. You know, our relationships can essentially become diseased as if they were also a body. So illness is not just uh, subject to the physical realm. I, I regard illness as really being all interconnected you know, on all the different levels of the human being. 
Um, so, yeah, I guess we could we could go on. We this this topic is so deep. We could just talk about it probably for hours. <laughs> okay. Well, I won't uh, keep prodding at that particular question. It does interest me, but I think that I'd like to he- hear more about how the actual he- healing took place. So, the ne- when we move forward, we hear that. Jordan is having some issues with the medical system, not issues, but it's not exactly working and Jordan's get, becoming more and more ill. And then, so w- when's the, when's the transition stage where he begins to start getting better? So, you know, one thing I noticed, um, and this plays directly off of what we were just discussing is when he was having these moments of where his, his, um, treatments were continuously failing, those moments also coincided with distressing um, stuff that was happening in his relationships, fights with friends, fights with family. So it was a very interesting sort of thing to witness that Jordan would be going along and his uh, treatments would seem to be doing pretty well, and then he'd have some big emotional uh, moments with somebody, and then the disease would flare back up and symptoms would return, and the um, treatment that he had been receiving at that moment would fail. So I I just think that um, therein lies that connection. So what happened ultimately was he ended up, the disease ended up spreading um, rampantly through his, his lungs. It ended up manifesting into his lungs as tumors, and he got to the point where he could no longer breathe adequately, and it's also spread into his liver. And so it was sort of when the disease became um, most aggressive, and it looked like there was, there was uh, we were at the darkest hour. He was airlifted from home here, uh, where we live in yeah. Central Oregon, to Portland, Oregon, to a large medical um, facility there, um, where he was checked immediately into the ICU unit. And really all the treatments had failed at this point, the doctors there had no um, real recommendations as to what uh, could happen or as what, how they could proceed to treat this. So basically he received the talk, you know, um, you need to be prepared for the fact that you may not survive this. And it was really at that point where things also turned around. Um, and we, you know, the, the way this happened... In, in reality, in physical time and space, um, is is quite a dramatic story and probably too long to get into. But the turning point was the essential moment because I was with Jordan sitting at his bedside when the doctor came in with a nurse and with a social worker and they sat down at his bedside and they asked him essentially, did he know how serious this was? And they had the, the quote-unquote talk with him and they said, basically, the doctor said to him, Jordan, you know, do you know what we're trying to tell you here? And Jordan said, you mean I'm not going to make it? And, um, and, you know, he started to cry. And that was actually the same moment that he really, that, that I saw things turn around. I experienced this. It's almost like stepping into a state of timelessness where I was sitting there with him, and I saw him make the decision. I saw it flash across his eyes that regardless of what this doctor was saying, that somehow he was going to live. And it seemed like a decision that was made with the very core of his being. And the most remarkable thing was after this, this whole string of co- coincidences swept into our lives. 
and picked us up and carried us along through this incredible journey and set us down on the other side of it. And it really did show us that the truth behind the theme of the book is with love, all things can be healed, no matter what anybody else is telling you to the contrary. And this showed us that this is absolutely true. This concept is not only pretty and inspiring, it's true. Did you talk to Jordan about that particular moment afterwards? No, I didn't. I didn't talk to Jordan about that particular moment. Um, I did share that moment, of course, in the book, but uh, it was a very intimate and powerful experience that I I believe, uh, you know, I will never forget not only what happened, but just the feeling, the feeling inside of me at that moment. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's incredible. It sounds so interesting. And you you haven't, um, you know, after the fact, you were interested to know if Jordan felt that or if it was a, uh, you know, a subconscious wave that flew through that flowed through him that he recognized as well. I don't think that he recognized entirely his decision. Well, I don't know. Jordan, uh, he's pretty willful, so I I think you know he he did become more determined than ever consciously uh, to heal. But a lot of times what happens when people reach those, what I call the healing moment, it's like a moment uh, uh, where you connect with what I call the healing dimension, that timeless space where we really sense what we truly are at our core beyond the circumstances of our physical lives. But a lot of times um, it seems that people don't recall necessarily immediately that moment. Um, So, you know, it happens instantaneously, but the effects once it's had are profound and they have these rippling effect throughout uh, the patient's life and um, throughout whatever condition they happen to be struggling with. So even if they don't remember it, in other words, it's the, the effect of reaching those moments is still profound enough to produce healing. Take us through the next stage of after this moment, and maybe this is the, the turning. This is the turning point, and Jordan starts to get better. Take, take us through the next steps here. You know, um, so that was an extended process after there. So I don't really see. Um, you know, Jordan had his ups and downs from there, but uh, yeah, it was really quite remarkable. And um, uh, as I said, all these coincidences flowed into the process, and it's kind of hard to describe, but I'll I'll try to uh, describe it in brief here. Um, Essentially what happened was, so we had this moment here where the doctor said, well, you need to be prepared here because we don't have any options for you, and, um, you know, we expect that you probably won't survive this. Um, You know, because once, like I said, chemotherapy fails, it's not likely to... uh, to um, suddenly begin working again. But as I like to say, and as I say in the book, and this is part of the material that came to me, when you reach that healing moment, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Of course, at some point, all of us are going to leave this world. The body is not eternal. Um, This book does not teach physical immortality. Um, so there's a time when what we came here to do and learn has been satisfied and it's time to move on um, from, the, from being a physical being, being, at least for the moment, for the time being. And when that happens, nothing's going to help. 
But until that happens, until that happens, if we can reach this moment where um, we choose healing consciously, even if we forget about it later, that somehow, some way, we will uh, discover healing. So the right medication will be found. The right uh, healer will show up in the patient's life at just the right moment. Perhaps a medication that hadn't worked before will begin working. The treatment, the correct treatment will pop up. Or, you know, in some cases, uh, the patient may just recover spontaneously, and that has happened before. If they're open to that, that certainly is a possibility. Um, in Jordan's case, some remarkable things happened after this moment. Well, first of all, they had given him some chemotherapy to try to stave this, this new incursion of the disease off. Um, so it had invaded his lungs or tumors spread throughout his lungs and his liver. And, but they didn't really expect it to do very much, but they had nothing else. And so in desperation, in an attempt to buy him some time, they gave him some chem- another form of chemotherapy. This was like the fifth course of chemotherapy he had received. And a remarkable thing happened, which was um, it worked at least temporarily. Um, it was quite incredible because they'd given it to him, and just the next day, the results were profound. They gave him another MRI, and it seemed like the tumors that were in his lungs had just virtually melted away. Uh, and we could see the differences. It was just incredible. And suddenly he could breathe again. And it wasn't long after that that they took him off of uh, oxygen. So it, it was a, and from there it just, you know, it was one stage after another, uh, one step after another. It was almost like dominoes that were falling down across the road. One coincidence after another swept into our lives and um, brought him to the point where, well, now, I mean, the whole healing process really lasted about almost, I don't know, 10 months, the main part of it from start to finish, you know, from when he was diagnosed to really when uh, after um, he was pronounced cancer-free. Um, and it's continued since then. Uh, it's been, gosh, four years now. And then so, so he's, he's uh, 100% cancer-free. So, so that's, uh, that's the remarkable thing after all that. So in the book you talk about three primary parts, principles of healing, principles or special principles of healing and methods of healing. Now, yeah. are, are, is this what you helped Jordan with? So um, the book, the material that came out in the book involved uh, seven primary principles of healing and then three special principles of healing. And these are things that, uh, and then also in, in the rest of the book is, is uh, as you said, um, various procedures, techniques that can be used, such as meditation, visualization, prayer. On my level, I taught Jordan uh, meditation and visualization, and I discussed uh, with him some of the um, basic principles there as to how our emotions and how our, uh, our mental state affects us on a physical level. And um, my, my primary goal in doing this was to help Jordan um, form a space between his, what he was experiencing in life and his thoughts and his emotional reactions to that. Because herein, therein lies the key to, to transforming these experiences. It's really the emotional reactions that feed the negative consequences into the body. 
and I could see that actually happening with him. As I said a little bit earlier, any time that he would have these emotional, negative emotional experiences, fights and what whatnot, I could see that that would have a profound impact. So my goal was simply to help him to form that space. Meditation helps with that. Certainly visualization can uh, stimulate the healing process as well. Um, so that was my primary function. Uh, I didn't go into so much the specific healing principles, which, uh, you know, if, if you talk about the extended ones, are, which are critical for people to know, um, uh, or at least it's very helpful, is that um, the patient must uh, want to heal, the patient must believe healing is possible, and the patient must feel that they deserve to heal. Now, you don't need to know these principles specifically, and I didn't even discuss these specifically with Jordan. However, and the patient still needs to reach those states. In other words, they still need to feel that inwardly they believe they can heal, and they still need to feel that inwardly they want to heal, and also that they deserve to heal. And if they can satisfy those three conditions, however they're met uh, to their satisfaction, then um, the healing process has started. How... Are you able to tell me what kind of issues would come up? It would seem like to me, if someone's in their health is in this type of condition, everyone would be trying to <laughs> make everything go as smoothly as possible for someone in Jordan's position. What kind of things would yeah. come up? Um, well, you know, human beings have a lot of conflict. <laughs> so uh, relationships are very, very difficult. And he certainly had his fair share of that. Um, in the book, I made the decision not to discuss a lot of his personal life and the struggles that he was dealing with, with his personal relationships. But yeah, there was some conflict there, you know, and, um, it wasn't helpful. And, you know, one thing that comes to mind is his mom was, um, his mom had had some early struggles with death. Uh, her, she lost a brother, you know, um, and, uh, in a very tragic sort of way, as well as her parents, I believe. So, you know, these things certainly affected her. And so when her own son became sick, it was it was disturbing for her. And I think, you know, she had some trouble coping with it and providing uh, the necessary emotional support that Jordan really needed. And I think, you know, part my family was intended to be there because his couldn't for their own reasons uh, as as much as they uh, would have liked to at that moment. Eventually, there was some healing processes that went through them, and they did end up um, uh, coming to Portland and being by his side as he continued his healing journey. Um, and I think that they've, they've resolved a lot of their own issues as well together. So that's nice to see. Tell me more about this emotional reactions that you helped what, what, what did you help Jordan control what, control or deal with? This was kind of the main aspect of your counseling. Is that fair to say? So one of the things that we noticed uh, with Jordan is that, um, as I said, when he had uh, any kind of issue pop up with his parents, um, with his, uh, with anybody, with my daughter any kind of fights. He had a big fight with a, a friend, for instance, who um, allegedly had stolen some money from him. And it was almost, it was, it was really quite a fascinating thing. When he would have these experiences, it was right about the time that his, his treatments would fail. It was a, a consistent pattern. 
so, yeah, absolutely. When I noticed that pattern was when I said, okay, Jordan, well, you, are you interested in learning meditation? And um, he's to my astonishment, because he was only 18, he said, yeah, you know, he would be interested in that. And, in fact, when I started teaching him meditation, he took right to it. But one of the most profound things about meditation is what you do is you learn to, um, it's not about learning to stop your thoughts. That's a, that's a misconception. What it's about more is learning to um, disconnect from your thoughts and not view them as, as yourself. So I taught Jordan to see his thoughts as if they were clouds crossing the sky um, and just let them come and let them go without resisting them. Whatever those thoughts happen to be, whether they appear to be positive or negative in your own estimation, it doesn't really matter. Just just allow them during the process of meditation to pass through you. And it is the space that, that you create ultimately between your thoughts and your experience, your what you are, your presence, that, um, that helps us to um, pad, you could say, what's happening in our lives and with what we uh, are evaluating, experiencing, and taking in emotionally, taking into our emotional body and our physical body by extension. So, yeah, once you are able to make that disconnect, um, that does help to pad or buffer our experiences with, um, with our emotional reactions and our physical reactions to those experiences. And that, that can help absolutely create a healing space, a space in which to heal. And how are you able to, you know, watching or picturing, visualizing, visualize, <laughs> excuse me. Visualization. Thank you. These clouds passing by, that's one of the ways. Is there other ways that you can help disconnect from these emotions? Is that a lot to do with not taking things personally or, or, or not letting things affect you on a deeper level? Yeah, so I think ultimately it's about seeing that who you are and seeing this directly and experiencing it directly is not um, dependent on what you're experiencing in the world and what other people think of you and what your body is doing and, uh, and um, you know, everything else that's going on in the world and your relationships with people, et cetera, et cetera. When you reconnect with what you are in truth, with the presence that underlies our existence as human beings, um, there is a powerful sense of stability and security and I'm okay no matter what else happens in this world I'm safe that's that's the overall message of that experience I am safe and really the visualization of seeing your thoughts as if they were clouds passing through the sky coming and going and dissolving not clinging to those that's just a visualization exercise it's actually intended to help you to reach the experience of being and therein lies the true sense of stability and safety. And, um, and, and that's how, you know, you are ultimately able to begin to see your thoughts and your experiences uh, and your conflicts with people um, from a state that is somewhat padded. You know, in other words, you're, you're, not, um, you're not too much uh, um, engaged with those thoughts as if they were everything and all important and you know overreacting to them let's say that's probably the easiest way to describe it and how often would you go through these type of exercises with jordan oh gosh i can't tell you how often eventually he took a full eight-week meditation course from me 
um, that I happened to be teaching at the hospital at that time. But uh, I think when I first started teaching him was just really casually around the house, leading him through him and my daughter as well. Uh, both my daughters, in fact, got involved with it to some degree. Um, and eventually, you know, I went to a doctor's appointment with him, uh, and I started walking him through because um, he seemed anxious, and his, his I forget what was going on with his blood pressure was doing something weird. So I talked him through a visualization exercise at that point, and then later on he started receiving treatments that were actually infusing um, uh, like a targeted therapy uh, via IV, and I actually uh, took him through a visualization exercise, which I shared in the book as well, where I had him imagining um, the medicine flowing through his body uh, as light, as a form of light, and transforming the disease, healing the disease, not destroying it, but transforming it. And, and um, so that's a very powerful visual exercise as well for healing purposes. And, you know, it went on. I, I couldn't tell you. It wasn't really a regular thing, and I don't think it needs to be. The main thing is to teach the person the tools and to encourage them enough to, to uh, be able to access that state at any time that they need it. Obviously, we can't be around people all the time, so it's more important to teach them the pattern and the, the, to give them the tools to do so. So when you said he, this was he was kind of just around the house and this was happening, I picture him next you next to his bedside and him not doing so well and and you walking him through meditation yeah. visualization did this happen that in that way yeah yep yep we did that for sure um and uh you know healing is actually there are a number of things we did as well i practiced um this didn't involve him directly but just holding presence at a person's side is, is also a very effective healing tool so that's another thing um which just involves you being present, you being present with your own uh, deeper self, you being connected to um, whatever higher source you happen to believe in. Um, you know, it's all the same, really, but uh, whatever words you want to use to describe that. I, I use the word source, spirit, God. But if you can connect with God by a person's bedside and be present for them in that state, um, you also end up connecting with that person because we're all connected anyway. We, we see ourselves as disconnected and as bodies moving about in this, but once you get down into the deeper states of presence, you realize we're all connected. And ultimately, that connection with each other is a powerful, powerful healing elixir. So there was quite a bit of that, too. Even when I wasn't walking him through meditations and discussing you know, the principles of uh, uh, how our, our thoughts and our feelings affect us on a physical level, there was also that practice as well and before we let you go here i'm going to ask you about more information about yourself but i just want to end here with this last question or statement of i'm going to read it right from your book here it says with love all things can be healed with love hope is always justified with love nothing is impossible no matter what doctors tell you would you comment on that before we get you going here those were um, really the way this book began that was really the theme of it, and ultimately it's about hope. <clears throat> ultimately it's about hope where, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is not cooperating this morning, maybe I can heal that. <laughs> uh, um, it's, and those were the words that really began this, this work for me, 
they came to me when Jordan was in the hospital in Portland, and um, I had just arrived there. I was alone with him. Um, at that point, nobody else had gotten there yet, and we had just gotten the news back that, you know, this cancer had spread viciously, and these words came to me, and I shared the first part of it with Jordan, which was, with love, all things can be healed. Um, those were the first words that came to me, and then the rest were, with love, hope is always justified, and with love, nothing is impossible, no matter what the doctors or anybody else tells you to the contrary. So for anybody out there who's struggling right now, no matter what you're dealing with, take hope, take faith, and you can turn things around by learning to heal your head and your heart and giving your body the necessary conditions with which healing becomes possible. Tobin, can you tell us more information about where we can find your book? Do you have a website we can go find more information, maybe some of your meditations? Yeah, Yeah, the book is actually, so the book is titled The Healing of Jordan Young. It's actually in transition right now. Uh, People's best bet to get a copy of the book right now is to go down to your local bookstore and ask them for a copy there. Um, We're retitling it and relaunching it. There's going to be a few little changes. It's going to be an updated edition but um, that'll happen soon enough. If you want, want to connect with me, go to TobinBlake.com. That's T-O-B-I-N, B like boy, L-A-K-E.com. And um, you can sign up for my newsletter right off my homepage there. It's actually more of just a regular mailing at this point. I used to do a newsletter. But I, I send out news, and as soon as the book becomes re-released in its new form, I'll send out a, a notification about that and tips on meditation and healing occasionally and book reviews and various other things. So connect with me there for sure, guys. Fantastic. Tobin, thank you so much for your time, for sharing your story with us and coming on air with us. My pleasure. Happy to be here, Drew. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sticking around till the end. Slightly different format today. I did a a different or a separate cut for the radio, so you didn't get the commercials. But I do want to mention them quickly because I wouldn't be here. This podcast wouldn't be here without the radio sponsors, which kind of ignited this whole on-air thing with me. So just real quick, we have Shoppers, Drug Martin Olds. We have Health Street as well in Olds. We have AG Foods in Didsbury, and then we have GDK Gravel and Sand. So I so much appreciate their support in making this show, not only the radio show, but podcast possible as well. If you do get a chance, a ratings and review would mean very much to me. It helps with the show rankings, helps other people find the show as well. So all you have to do is head over to iTunes. Well, I suppose many of you would be there listening to this show, <laughs> but if you head over to the ratings and review button and leave your rate, your rating, your five-star rating, and then a few comments, that really means a lot to me. As well, we have our monthly membership group that I want to tell you about briefly. It's going better each month. I just did a live stretching video that was pretty cool. The members really enjoyed that. So anyways, but we, do, we designed weekly meal plans that include recipes and grocery shopping lists. Some One of our members actually broke this down within the group. We were talking about it, and they said that it's less than $2.50 a day to sign up for this program. And I thought, wow, I never actually looked at it like that. Many times we're going through the drive-thru for lunch or coffee in the morning, whatever it is. 
And if you're looking for a program that has everything, it has your nutrition plan, it has your fitness and a private group community, it's, it's quite reasonably priced. So we have workouts that are video explanations, printable PDFs, all at home workouts, no gym fees, no travel time, none of that stuff. And then online support, it's probably our most beneficial because we have such a fantastic group. Everyone's on there supporting each other, asking questions, offering motivation, accountability. So check us out at trueformlife.com for more details there. And then lastly, our monthly, or sorry, our weekly newsletter that I send out that's all my current content. So if you never want to miss one of these shows, I send them right to your inbox. For that also includes radio shows, podcasts, as you know. Then we have videos, blog posts, recipes, everything that I do during the week. I send that out every Monday morning. So again, that's at trueformlife.com on the home page. You can subscribe there. And all these past shows are going to go up on exploringmindandbody.com. All right, that's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.